0: cayenne pepper to the pail. This was almost as risky. If you got even the tiniest bit on your hands and later rubbed your eyes, kapow, you were temporarily blinded. Even after you'd washed your eyes at the tap, they stayed red and burning for ages and ages. But the cayenne wasn't all. There was one more special ingredient. I'd unbutton my fly and piss into the pail. My mother explained that it was an old but trusted recipe for fixing chilblains that she got from her mother and also her grandmother. Cayenne pepper, urine, and coarse salt did the trick every time. I have to say that the pissing part sounds pretty disgusting now, but at the time I accepted her instructions and it simply became a part of my nightly routine. When I heard her key rattle in the front door, I put the kettle on and meet her at the door. Hello, Jack, she'd say, her lips so blue and trembling from the cold she could hardly get the words out. I'd help her take off her overcoat, and she'd sit down on the kitchen chair with an exhausted sigh. With my precision timing, the kettle would be boiling, and I'd make the pot of tea and leave it to steep to the strength she liked. Then I'd remove her battered snow boots and her three pairs of socks. Finally, I'd add the water from the jug to cool the pail sufficiently so she could sink her near-frozen feet into it. She'd start ouching as her feet thawed until she grew accustomed to the temperature. I was pretty careful, and she never, ever got scalded. Chilblains affect your fingers as well as your toes, but she wore these big woolen-lined gloves my dad had for his job in winter. He must have got a second pair somewhere and never got them on her hands. It was then time to pour her a mug of tea, hot, strong, black, and heavily sugared. The mug, one of two royal mugs we possessed, had a picture of King George V on one side and the royal coat of arms on the other, with the legend, God save the king, around the base. The second had a picture of Queen Mary and the coat of arms, but no legend. Cabbage Town people were almost exclusively of English, Scottish, Or Northern Irish stock. All were obsessively loyal to the crown and referred to King George as the King of Canada. Mom always preferred the slightly larger King George, as it was about three mouthfuls bigger than the more ladylike Queen Mary, and also served to warm her hands more effectively. She always drank two mugs of tea in the time it took for the water to cool in the pail. It was while she sat and soaked that I performed my next task. "'She'd undo her bun to allow her hair to tumble almost to her waist. "'It was thick and black, and I'd brush it "'and watch the silvered light run across the strands "'as the brush worked through her hair. "'Jack, what would I do without you?' she'd sigh. "'You could have had a girl, and she wouldn't make you go ouch. "'Girls are better at hair than boys. "'They're always braiding and tying "'and messing around with each other's hair at school.' Hair is definitely a girl thing. I prefer you, Jack. A girl couldn't do the chilblain concoction or even lift Grandpa's kettle. I stifled a giggle. Lucky I was standing behind her, and she couldn't see my face. As far as I knew, a girl couldn't add the final ingredient like a boy could. She'd have to sit on the cold pail and put the you-know-what in first. But it was better to add it last thing, "'when the salt and cayenne pepper were mixing with the boiling water. "'While I brushed her hair, I had the kettle going again. "'Our timing for the entire chillblain procedure had to be perfect "'so we could take turns using the bathroom before my dad came home. "'She'd go first, taking the hot water in the kettle with her, "'to rinse her feet and legs carefully in a tin tub, "'before changing into her nightie and cleaning her teeth. "'We used salt for teeth cleaning.' Then I'd clean my teeth and get into my pajamas, and we'd padlock ourselves in the bedroom I shared with her. With a bit of luck, we'd see very little of my father. He left home at 5.30 a.m., one of the fortunate few men who had a regular job with the Toronto City Council, where he worked as a garbage collector. I was six when the 1929 Wall Street crash brought the industrialized world to a juddering halt and the roaring twenties to a whimpering close. The factory horns no longer signaled the start and finish of a working day, and the great depression that followed